Does your bike need some love? Shimano Original Replacement Parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I am Celine Yeager, back this week with my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits into our lives. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a, you know, nice couple weeks uh, since we last recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a little brief little getaway of my own. Uh, oh, and yeah? you've been away on vacation. That I, is a fact. I made a little run up to Mendocino for a couple days over the weekend. Uh didn't do any riding, just kind of hung no. out. Uh, yeah, low-key. Um, looked at lots of waves crashing against rocks. It was nice. Mm. Yeah, but you've done a bunch of riding in places that I think were mostly new to you. All new to me. All new to me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done road riding through that area. Like, Dave and I do that cancer charity ride every other Mm -hmm. year the pennsylvania primitive ride and we had gone through quite a few of those areas over the past 20 years honestly but Mm -hmm. uh never mountain biked there and never really stopped you know i mean we you ride through the places and you take them in but we never really took much time in any given location Mm -hmm. up there so you know went up to scranton and made our way west across the northern part of the state you know the god's country pa is as it's called it's actually a lot of it's the pennsylvania wilds which is the size of connecticut or massachusetts i think massachusetts with like no people with like nine you know like with like i I don't even know what the population is dave could tell you but it's like a fraction like it's like a, a small town just spread out throughout like the, whole, wow. the northern part of Pennsylvania. I mean, so, even if it's only Connecticut, that's still a lot of ground. It's a lot of ground. It's a lot of ground. It's, it's, it's that it's, it's a lot of ground, um, but it's cool. And it's, uh, we went to the Pennsylvania grand Canyon, which I had never actually seen because each time we rode uh, with our road bikes through there, it was early in the morning and so foggy you couldn't see a thing. Like you literally couldn't barely see your front wheel, let alone like so. We actually got to see it, which was which was nice. Mm. And there's a trail system up there called the Green Mountain, not Green Mountain, Green Monster. Monster. I should remember Monster because that's all addressed <laughs> later. It was pretty monstrous. <laughs> it was it was really beautiful, but it reminded me of like early mid nineties, like the, the, the very primitive trail systems that they built here where you're just like scrambling straight up the mountain and then just <laughs> falling down the mountain on the scree field. You know what I mean? Like straight <laughs> down it. Um, but it was cool. Tons of uh, red spotted newts, you know, oh, yeah? and like, yeah, like all over the place. And, they kind of kept me company as I was like hiking my bike up to the side of the mountain, um, which, which was nice, but it was really cool. It's a beautiful, 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 like stunning. I understood why they called it. And some of it, to be fair, was flowy and wide open and incredible, but it's the most, gr- it was blindingly green. Like I've never seen, like you really felt like you were in a kaleidoscope of green. Wow. You know, like it, it was, mm-hmm. it's crazy with the canopy and the ferns and just the light like it's just it's pretty wild and then we ended up uh on the way to erie we ended up at lake erie but before that we went to warren where is home of jake's rocks uh-huh. which which is uh it's like 30 plus miles of it's it's a imba related build and i know mm-hmm. epic gets thrown around an awful lot <laughs> but uh i wow I mean, I have literally ridden all over the world. Like I've ridden, I've ridden many, 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 many places. And that those are some of the best trials I've ever been on. Hands down. Like, uh, the geography is, is mind blowing. Like there's, there's these, these boulders that are 
quite honestly, the size of small ranches, ranch homes. You know what I mean? Uh Like giant. Uh And you're just sort of riding over them and among them and through them. And, you know, I know some of my friends anyway are like a little, they look down their nose a little bit at Imba builds like, Oh, it's just flow trails. And you know, like they like Mm -hmm. that stuff that we did in the green monster. That's primitive and, you know, quote unquote real, but I'll tell you, like I, I am a huge fan of of this kind of trail build because it was uh, green, blue, black. Uh And, you know, even the black is not, death defying but it gives you options for some spice you know there's some jumps there's some stuff you can throw them some stuff in but like all the families that were there like all the like where like those kind of trail systems give people entryway to the sport Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like it's a place that you could like you could easily take your kids and not be afraid that they're going to kill themselves or just have a miserable time because they they can't ride. That's the issue for me. I mean, that sounds like someplace I'd love to take my boys because my youngest, he'll fall two or three times and then decide he hates mountain biking. Well, I, and it's kind of understandable. Oh, you know, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's, who sometimes likes bowling? It's, right. Well, and it's not fun to be frustrated mm, out of mm-hmm. the gate. Right. Yep. And it's and I kind of liken it like, you know, the trails that I learned on here, I was over my bars all the time (laughs) until I got the hang of it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I am a rare bird that's willing to do that and thought it was like entertaining. Not everybody thinks it's so entertaining. Yep. Um, But but it's a huge barrier to entry. It's a huge barrier to entry. Like it, it would be like literally like going skiing and being like, okay, there's the moguls go, you know, like who does that? No. Yeah. Nobody does that. Right. So I, I, I really, really appreciate those kind of builds. And, and I think that what made this, well, I know that what made this so special, I've been on Imba builds before that are, I get it. You know, you could get a little bored, but, but the, uh, man, the geography up there is just so mind blowing. I don't think you could ever get bored. Like it's so beautiful and so crazy. Wow. And 34 miles is a lot of trail. I mean, that's a, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you try to knock that off in one day, you are going to be very used up at the end of the day. Like very not, used up. Not riding the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, um, yeah, super, super, super fun. So that, it, it was, uh, it was great. And the, the weather was, was perfect though. The temperatures were in the high seventies, you know, which Ooh, you, yeah, which nice. you honestly can't be like maybe 80, like. Right now we're back into the sauna of the high 80s, low 90s of 10,000% humidity. I'm very glad, you know, for that week that it, we got a bit of a reprieve from that because it made all of it perfect. It made the hiking and the kayaking and the, the mountain biking, all that was just so much. It's so much easier to like, you know, two bottles was fine. <laughs> you know, like We weren't dying. So, Neat. yeah, it was a good Neat. trip. So good you trip. did more than just mountain biking then? We, um... We had taken our daughter's bike. My my daughter's not super into she's not she's not a cyclist. She does like to ride, but she has sort of fallen into hiking more as her thing. Uh-huh. So we took her bike and Dave had looked at this. There's a really, really, really pretty rail trail there. But she found out that there were lakes and she was like, instead of riding, can we kayak? And I'm like, absolutely. You know, so we rented some kayaks and it was awesome. You know, we saw turtles and all kinds of other wildlife. And uh, so, yeah, we never, never got her bike off the off the car. And who cares? You know, she had a great time. <laughs> we hiked. We went kayaking. Dave and I would get up because she's 18, you know, so she sleeps. So mm-hmm. we would just get up in the morning and bang out our ride and come back and then have the, after, you know, the rest of the day as a family together. So it was a really oh, good trip. Wow. That sounds it was awesome. perfect. Oh, my God. Yeah. Really great. Really great. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Do you know Lori Barrett, the general manager for Rotor here in USA? I don't think so, but Mm. it's possible I do. I don't always put faces and names together the way I should. She was a pro writer for a while. I've known her for a few years since she's been at uh, Rotor. She is in the area uh, for other reasons, not cycling related. And Mm -hmm. uh, when I saw that, I pinged her on Facebook. I was like, hey, let's get together and go for a ride. So I took her out for a little ride today uh, before the show, and uh, we rode up to Iron Horse Winery, which is uh, 
kind of what we call West County, uh, mm -hmm. just a half hour or so west of Santa Rosa has this beautiful view of the Mayacamas Mountains. And she got up there and she was like, oh, that's why you like this place. I was like, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just it was so much fun introducing someone who, you know, really doesn't have any experience with Sonoma County uh, mm -hmm. to uh, this is why I'm in love with this place. And right. to have a chance to see it through someone else's eyes again. Oh, that was lovely. It's always fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then we had a uh, black currant lavender cider at Trailhouse afterward. Wow. It was unbelievable. From Washington State, not a local cider, which was, uh, I won't say disappointing, but surprising. Uh, but I mean... Unlike any cider I've ever had in my life, she poured hers amazing. over ice and uh, was uh, visibly enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it is a, it sounds like I could use one right now. As a matter of fact, it's so hot here. That sounds like just what I could use. I, anyway. I may be dropping back by to buy some bottles of that out of the refrigerator. That sounds really good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, how about some polls? Maybe <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm back this week with some listener questions. I've got a couple this week that I thought were kind of interesting to, to discuss. Um, cool. Yeah, the first one, I got a direct message from a woman named Stacy, and I cut in paste. I lost her last name. Sorry, Stacy. But anyway, um, so Celine, I have a question about travel on mountain bikes. How do you decide if you want 100, 130, 140 or whatever? You've raced all over the place. What do you find works best? Mm. Uh, how much mountain bike travel do you really need? <laughs> and, you know, my my snarky-ish answer is technically none. Um, <laughs> <As> if, <laughs> I am the wrong person to say that too. <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm joking, mm -hmm. but but sort of not completely. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, you know, I mean, yes. When you look back, like those first mountain bikes were rigid, right? Like people, and my first mountain bike was rigid. However, I will say, I would not have continued mountain biking on that rigid pepperoni fork on my Cannondale and still have my cornea still in place and enjoyed the sport. So I got a, a front suspension fork on that as soon as I possibly could. And that, <laughs> that I think you need no matter what. I don't care. Like front suspension is, is a good thing. Um, but I will say, especially like I just went out on my hardtail, you know, I don't ride my hardtail on the roughest trails here, but I do enjoy my hardtail quite a bit. I have a single speed hardtail that I ride mm -hmm. on, you know, some of the medium tech trails here that, that it's super fun, super light, uh -huh. super snappy, super fun. And I, you know, I was looking back and I was like, I won the first edition of the Transylvania Epic mountain bike race, that seven day stage race in uh -huh. central PA, which sort of epitomizes, quote unquote, East Coast rocks um, on a hardtail Gary Fisher Superfly. Good Lord. Set up, set up with a Fox 29 fork. It had like, I don't know, 80. I didn't have a whole lot of travel. Um, and honestly, when I did that, I thought I had found my forever bike setup. Uh, it was the first time I, I which is I know crazy first time I'd raced on a 29er with tubeless and low pressure. And it honestly, it felt like all I needed. Like it, yeah. it was. Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, because that's such an improvement from where you were previously. It's like, oh, well, this solves all my problems. Yeah. With like 26 inch wheels pumped up to 40. So I wouldn't flat. <laughs> it was like right. A, right. It's like a, bouncing from a... rock to rock like a basketball. <laughs> That's pretty much was my MO back in the day. So when I found that, I was like, this is amazing. Um, and then later, you know, the team that I was on at the time was sponsored by Specialized. So I spent a lot of years on an Epic and an Air or an Era, you know, both 26 and 29 versions of both of those bikes. Uh -huh. uh, and again, not a whole lot of suspension. Those were 100 mil front and rear. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I raced those bikes in Cape Epic in South Africa and the eight days of that and eight days of the Brazil ride and Breck Epic. And the only place that I would have said, oh, my God, I need more bike was BC Bike Race. <laughs> when we were uh, we, yeah, you know, did those on that was I was on a 26 inch era with 
um, I thought I was going to die many times. I, you know, and honestly, I think it's not, wasn't even the suspension. I could have used a dropper post. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because the stuff that they just love to just drop off things. And I, <laughs> I was just, I was just not, I was not equipped, but, it, but even like after that, I was thinking I raced with, when I raced with Rebecca, when she went to Niner, we raced, I think they were 90 mil bikes. Mm-hmm. Those um, RDO Niners mm-hmm. in Israel. And that bike was amazing. Like, I, I didn't want for anything on that bike. I never thought, man, I could use more travel. Except when I took that bike off of a forfeit ramp, because I'm an idiot, following people on bigger bikes down in Virginia and almost killed myself. But that, that was my fault. Yes, yeah, so I blew through all the travel and... I, I didn't die. Um, <laughs> but I also like I've raced the our local enduro series on all of those bikes perfectly happily. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I was thinking about it like as bikes got bigger over the past decade, I'd go to bike launches and they'd put me on like 130, 140. And occasionally I would feel like I was on a motorcycle without an engine. Uh huh. Like. I remember distinctly being at a bike launch in Utah and everybody wanted the big bikes. I think it was for specialized. And I was like, just give me an Epic, please. Just give me an Epic. And like, we're going down this Rocky shoot and these Euro guys behind me are like, Whoa, like imagine what you could do if you had more travel. And I'm like, I'd kill myself if I had more (laughs) is what I would do because I am a cross country rider at heart. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm a shorter travel bike, I feel like, I'm at one with it and I can actually pilot it. And when I'm on a big travel bike, I feel more like a passenger who is desperately trying to learn how to fly the plane. <laughs> There's a picture. Um, Do you know what I mean? I don't even know what that makes, but that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to. I'm, I'm, I, I just haven't spent enough time piloting them that I don't, I feel like that I am trying to con- like, control the bike or get into the bike like it's mm-hmm. a lot more work for me to become one with those big bikes yeah then no that's not, that's actually really understandable uh that, mm-hmm. yeah and honestly I, some of it might also be where i live because a lot of those big bikes also don't come to life until you get to speed yes right yes. right and and the nature of the trails here, they're all, they're a little clunkier. They're chunky and, and can be kind of slow. I mean, once you get downhill, you can let them up a little bit. But even then, it's all, you know, they're twisty and it's a little hard to sort of keep that momentum going. So yep. it, the travel, even when it's really great suspension and so much good suspension now, it still kind of bogs you down, like and, and, uh, unless you're traveling at a certain speed. So for a while, I had a trail bike that was... 130 in the rear and I ended up selling it and going back to 120 front 100 rear. And that's just, that's where I have settled. So, you know, answering this question for anyone is very difficult because I think it just depends on who you are, where you ride, how you ride. You know, if I was somebody who liked to take my bike up a lift and Mm -hmm. go down, you know, like those kind of trails uh, with, with pads and a full face. Yeah. I'm going to want like 140 or I want to, I'm going to want a bigger bike. Mm-hmm. But for for the kind of cross country ish riding that I do, even on very technical terrain, I I I, I don't really want for a more than a hundred. I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> well, I, the first thing I'll say, you know, based on on your perspective, is as somebody who rides a lot of road, you know, rides gravel and rides a hardtail moving to a hundred millimeter bike is kind of the closest thing you can do to all of that while being on a full suspension bike. Right. And the thing about riding a full suspension bike is that if you're going to make the most out of that bike, you got to let go of a certain amount of your ride style from uh, what you would do on a hardtail or especially a road bike. Um, You're not going to get out of the saddle as much. Right, right. You know, right. and so, the you know, that thrashing over the top of a climb. No. Yeah. No, no you say you say put that, yeah. that I got. Yeah. And and I'm I'm somebody who's comfortable just staying seated on a climb and letting the suspension work for me. I I don't need to stand up and thrash about. Um, and, I you know, I also know that the bike will be, 
you know, smoother, it'll track better, blah, 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 blah. There are two things I think that happen when you're looking at, uh, you know, what full suspension bike to go with. The first question is obvious. Like, are you going to spend any time airborne? And the Mm, more time you're going to spend airborne, the more travel you want. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. But also, like you said, speed has a certain amount uh, to do with it. You know, getting that suspension active, which comes from you got to have a certain amount of force going Mm -hmm. into the suspension to get it to fully activate. That said, um, there's also just a matter of like, what do you want that ride experience to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, to what degree do you want to just float over all the rocks that you're encountering? Because more suspension will do you that, you know, you will get the opportunity to just float over stuff more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a 130, 130 bike compared to a 120, 100 uh, is going to be a distinctly different experience once you get into some rock garden and a 130 bike, you know, that's not that much travel. That's really in the sweet spot of where a lot of trail bikes are, mm-hmm. you know, but the other thing that I think a lot of people don't really consider all that well is what are the trails like in terms of how twisty they are? Mm-hmm. Cause if you're in British Columbia and you're doing, you know, fall line stuff, if you're doing a line, you know, something, something, you know, big and wide open with, you know, the opportunity for you to sail 20 feet through the air. Yeah. You want a big bike, but if you're doing East coast style, you know, gnarly twisty, mm-hmm. sometimes Rocky, but the big thing, you know, tight twisty trails, mm-hmm. a, a really big bike like that is going to hold you back because of the long wheelbase. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, every time you slacken out that head tube angle, you're making the the steering, you know, just a little bit more sluggish. Sure, there are companies like Ibis that will then change the fork rake, but not everybody's doing that. So some of those bikes, you get them into a really tight trail and it's hard to get them around the turn. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, I think possibly some of your love for 100 travel bikes also reflects the fact that they are so nimble in those tight twisty trails. And I just don't think people think about that enough. It's uh, in some ways it's a little sexier just to look at, well, how much travel is there? But a lot of my fastest Strava segments in Annadale, even on stuff that's kind of wider, straighter, more open. Mm -hmm. A lot of my fastest downhill segments on Strava are on a 100 mil bike. What do you attribute that to? Because you can just, are they twisty? Um, I think it's a little smoother on, uh, the, not the big stuff, but the mm-hmm. fairly rough stuff, the rock gardeny stuff. It's a little smoother through there. I don't have to be moving quite as fast and right. I will tend to go around the biggest stuff. I'm right, still right. looking for lines through occasionally over, but a lot, a lot of it through. Um, and the bike feels smoother at the sorts of speeds that I'm going at. Right, right, right. I, to- I totally understand that. Yeah. Which is kind of what I was alluding to, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. It def- definitely does. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it, it is. It's just, uh, you know, and, and you know, it, it's, I, I could just also be reflecting my own bias of spending so much time racing and riding um, mm-hmm. those bikes. I mean, they just feel like home to me. Yeah. yeah it just like feels like, it's just what I, it's just what I know in second yeah. nature at this point. Yeah. The one other thing I'll say for myself, it, you know, given all the different suspension systems out there, um, I've really fallen in love with DW link, you know, the Weigel the Weigel, uh, suspension mm-hmm. is, uh, it just, it really feels good to me. It feels natural to me. There mm-hmm. are uh, some other suspension systems that people rave about. And I always feel that kind of settling into the suspension every time I go to pedal, like, you know, Mm -hmm. the the saddle drops a little bit and I'm not big on that. I want a really efficient suspension and the DW link is something that no matter how much travel you've got, it pedals really well. Uh, A great example of that is the Ibis Ripmo. It's a 160, 145 bike. 
Mm-hmm. And even though it's 145 in the rear, because it's DW Link, you can climb on that bike all day long. Yeah. So there are a lot of, there are a lot of choices out there, obviously. A lot of choices and, and most of them good. Yeah. I would argue. And you just have yeah. to find what you, what you, you like. I mean, you, you really, it does take some, a little trial and error because they all behave a little differently, you know, like whether yeah. they're small bump compliant or you need to go a little, like the, they all feel a little different and it's just, yeah. it, it is a very personal, a very yeah. personal decision. The challenge that I find is often, you know, somebody has a, a chosen favorite shop and maybe they're not yeah. carrying yeah. the bike that might be most yeah. to their liking. 100%. So you got to weigh that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Cool. So, don't know if I help, but good luck, Stacey. <laughs> um, and the other one is a quickie. It's from uh, Donald Dresser. I got his last name, and it's regarding shoes. And he says, Celine, I have a question for you. I hope you can talk about on the show. We went riding in Tuscarora State Forest, which I'm very familiar with. Uh, it's one of those primitive places I was referring to earlier, which is very hilly. Uh, I may say on the last climb, I had to take turns riding and walking, which I have never really had to do before. I have lake shoes and I ended up getting some really nice blisters on my heels. I thought to myself, these shoes are really not very good when you have to walk any distance. So can you discuss your choice of shoes that would be good when you have to do some walking? And boy, can I ever. Um <laughs> Because that is definitely a thing. Uh, there are races and places uh, where hike a bike sometimes upwards of 45 minutes long. You know, looking at you, Breck Epic, where you're just like, <laughs> just pushing your bike up these godforsaken things. And what I did this weekend, like I have not pushed some of something that vertical with a mountain bike. And I don't know how long it was ludicrously steep. And I ended up with... um my heels were fine, but my shoes are pretty stiff and they rubbed raw the front of my ankles. Ooh, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. because it was that, it was that steep. So they, the, uh, Ow. yeah, that wasn't great. But, um, so there are definitely shoes that are made for just that. And my personal favorite that I have had great success with are those Pearl Izumi X project pro shoes. Which that mm-hmm. was with their genesis. Like the first incarnation was not awesome. They know it. Uh, and then they went back to the drawing board and came out with some really great shoes that I have tested all over the place. I did the Pisgah mountain bike adventure race in Brevard, North Carolina in them and was racing over 11 hours and 10,000 feet and 19 stream crossings. Uh, five miles of steep hike of biking, scurrying and scampering over terrain and not with soaking wet feet. And not a single blister or hotspot. So that's nice. That's, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I did the dirty cans of two hundred in them uh, the second time because the first time I wore my stiff cross country shoes and almost died. My feet felt like they were in vice grips and on fire. They were in so much pain. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm a big fan of those. And Bontrager has a new gravel sh- shoe. Uh, the GR2 gravel that I have tested a little bit, not put to that kind of test, so I can't say so far. But they also seem very walk uh, hike friendly. They've got nice grippy soles, which I think are super important when you're scrambling over stuff. And they're lace up shoes, which some people like t- to really dial in the fit over the top. And mm-hmm. that they are a little roomier inside, too. So those would be worth a look as well. So the Pearl Azumi that has a somewhat flexible sole then? Yeah, they 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 did a lot of work to, and you know how those launches are where they give you the PowerPoint presentations and they cut the <laughs> shoes in half and all that. They did a lot of work to make flex points where you walk that mm-hmm. don't affect your pedal. That don't mm-hmm. that you know like the, they did this whole voodoo like the, to keep the sole stiff when you're pedaling, but give when you're walking in them. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my experience more or less mirrors yours in that the stiffer the shoe, the more likely you're going to have some problems when you're hiking. Uh, Shimano has a shoe, the XC5. They changed it for 2020. It's now, I think, two boas or at least one boa. It mm-hmm. was a lace-up shoe before. They also shrank the toe box a little bit, but... For anyone looking for a shoe that's really great to walk in, if you can find the XC5s in the lace-up version from last year and the year before, uh, 
I mean, I was just wearing that shoe earlier today. It's very easy to walk in, um, you know, like, like the pearls, they flex the way your foot flexes when you walk. Uh, but mm-hmm. it still provides really terrific support uh, when you're walking. Um, right. The the older lace-up version of the XC5 had a bigger toe box, the biggest toe box of any production shoe that Shimano has ever made because they were figuring you'd be using it for gravel racing. Mm-hmm. Your foot's likely to swell on a long mm-hmm. day. They mm-hmm. wanted to give you some... Uh, also, people are wearing thicker socks on long mm-hmm. gravel events, so they wanted to give some room... And this year they've gone back to a more traditional design, but I have actually two pairs of the XC five and I just adore that shoe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I use it for casual road rides. I use it for lots of gravel rides. I'll even occasionally do mountain bike rides on it, but yeah, anytime I know I'm going to walk, it's like, Oh, (laughs) where are my laces? Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's the big thing is, yeah, people who are going to be walking around, a little flex will help. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Cool. We're going to take a short break for our sponsor, Shimano, and we'll be right back. At Shimano, we love riding, and we know you do too. As a small repayment for all the joy your bike has brought your life, we encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano-equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well-maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears, and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or a metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out. To keep that love burning bright, Show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running just like when it was new. Okay, we're back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. Patrick, what's your poll this week? I'm going to start with a question. Sure. Can we talk about your home? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you want to ask. Fair response. (laughs) So I'm curious about something. How much bike-related decor is in your home? Like, if I walk in your front door, would I see anything bike-related from the doorway? Yes. And how many rooms would I see bike-related stuff in? Or do you confine it to, like, a few specific rooms? You would see it in every single room except my daughter's room. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe even her room, to be honest. I'm not sure. (laughs) Well... It's it's become kind of a present test tense uh, question for me. So there's nothing cycling related in my living room. Uh, my ex and I commissioned oil paintings, portraits of each of our sons from around their first birthday. I've got a lithograph and a print by an artist, uh, Italian artist named Zanella, whose work I first encountered while on a bike tour in France. I was in Provence hmm. and wandered into his gallery and was blown away by what I saw. I've got a big Thomas McKnight print that was a gift from a friend. He's known for doing these uh, uh, kind of domestic, uh, just beautiful domestic views, like of houses, you know, nice decor, and then Mm -hmm. the windows looking out on outdoor scenes. Really neat stuff. I'm not even sure why I like it so much, but I've always loved his stuff. On my mantle, uh, above my fireplace, are a bunch of pictures of my boys. And above that, there is a pencil drawing of Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd by the Looney Tunes director, Chuck Jones. Yeah, Uh, that's one of my most prized possessions. Uh, It definitely came out during the fires. Um, uh, But that's not even the most unusual or surprising thing on the walls of my living room. I have, (laughs) this is going to sound so weird. I have a signed photograph of Teddy Roosevelt. President wow. Roosevelt. 
The first one. Yeah. My father was a document collector for 40 ish years. Um, Hmm. He sold the Lincoln he had before he moved to Hawaii. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, He had all sorts of stuff. And the one thing I have from his collection is this signed photograph of uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Um, Yeah. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) You know, my kitchen is artwork from the boys. Their Mm -hmm. bedroom is artwork uh, that they've done. My bedroom is kind of a mishmash. There's a big print of me riding with Tom Bonin that the photographer Michael Robertson shot. Mm-hmm. Um, next to it is the portrait of me that Roman Cho shot for the bicycling feature that we did on the fires here. And then on the other side of the Bonin shot is this uh, print of the image that Armando Gallo shot of Genesis for the cover of their live album, Seconds Out. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. It's signed by Gallo and guitarist Steve Hackett. Uh, How they managed that, I don't even know, but I bought it in an auction uh, and I was beyond jazzed. Um, And then, as you see behind me, there's a print of Georges Seurat's Sunday afternoon on the island of La Grande Chat, which is arguably my favorite piece of art in the whole world. Um, On one of my dressers... um, is a shot of me throwing the V winning the post office crit in long beach. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, so not that much bike stuff. Well, I down in one corner low out of the way so that most people can't see it is a poster of Greg Lamond, uh, from winning huh? the 86 tour de France. Um, and I'm, I've been thinking maybe that needs to come out. Uh, <laughs> weirder still is the fact that I actually have a painting of a cyclist by Cheryl Chapman. Uh, she's an artist, uh, who is married to Scott Nickel, uh, the founder oh, of yeah. Ibis. Mm-hmm. Um, she's done artwork for everybody from moots to pottery barn. Um, hmm. she's done all the posters for the gourmet century in Oregon. Um, and I haven't even gotten the thing framed yet. Uh, it's, just sitting up it being stored carefully and safely. Uh, the way I want to get it framed is not going to be cheap. And so I've been waiting right. until I've had more play money, uh, which I never seem to have. Uh, <laughs> but I've been thinking about, well, you know, okay, it's three guys living under this roof. Um, how much do I want to show off that I'm a cyclist? Um, yeah, there are, there are bicycle books in the bookcases in my living room. But there's nothing else in there that says, oh, that dude's a cyclist. And I'm happy to keep it that way. But I'm trying to decide, like, well, I haven't put any art in bathrooms. And the entryway in my uh, in my apartment, there's no art there. And I could put something there. And I don't know. I'm, you know, it's like there's enough about me that advertises cycling. I, I Maybe I've done enough. Well, I'm kind of surprised no one's ever gotten you anything. Right. Like, so because we like to ride bikes. So what do we get at Christmas and our Mm -hmm. birthdays? You know, like we get all kinds of stuff like, oh, look, it's a bicycle wheel. You can hang your photographs in. And like, uh, so there's a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff that has been bestowed upon us over the years because we are cyclists. But there's also just like I hang frames as art. Uh, I've got frankly you can tell that we're cyclists because there's allen wrenches everywhere and you know in a silverware <laughs> drawer and like I, you know some of it's that and some of it's like there's just like shots of and i wonder if some of this isn't because you weren't in a marriage where you both shared your thing because mm-hmm, a lot of it mm-hmm. is, is pictures of us frankly like uh-huh. pictures of us on bikes and then pictures from our trips on bikes and pictures from thing trips that we took biking so Mm -hmm. you know it's reflect it's very reflective of two people who are living a cycling lifestyle as opposed to art that is cycling oriented Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that follows um yeah yeah um i could see that yeah if i had a significant other who was also a cyclist things might be a little different yeah yeah just organically i mean it's not like it's not the it's not like we go out pursuing cycling themed decor for the home because we, because we don't, but you know, it just sort of just happens that way. Yeah. I, 
Well, you know, after our last show, I was determined to do something a little more lighthearted, lighthearted. And I've been looking around my place going, you know, you haven't done much to really fix this place up. You know, maybe it's time to like start redecorating a little bit. Uh, and I've got, I've got down in the garage, more bicycle related stuff. Uh, the poster of Lance Armstrong is not going up. <laughs> that's, that's, you could draw a funny mustache on it and stuff. You could just like, <laughs> that's not really my style. Little uh, antlers. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a couple of prints of Fausta Copi with, uh, 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 Gino Bartoli mm-hmm. and one of them, they're shaking hands. It was their reunion after having had a falling out and barely speaking to each other for years. And, uh, there's a guy in the background looking at it like, can you believe this? Uh, uh and there's a, another shot of them, uh, on a climb together, uh, training in the Hills of Tuscany. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a really cool shot. And so like, I need to find, uh, the right frames, uh, the old frames I have, uh, but I got to find the right frames for those. And I want to get those up somewhere. Uh, they're amazing shots. And that's a whole thing. Finding the, which you, yeah, you remind me that we do have a couple of cycling prints that are with a friend of mine from, Oh my God, it might be over a year now. She's had them that I need to get because we're getting them framed. She's a framer. (laughs) So I'm like, Oh, uh, Yeah. Got I gotta get. I gotta get on that. Yeah, one of them was a, an artist who was sort of like, like I was the inspiration for one of the illustrations. So I definitely oh. want to like, yeah, which is pretty cool. That's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I love art. The, the house is filled with art. I I am a very very big art person. So, nice. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Well. Cool. Uh, all right. That gives me some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Baseline picks. All righty. My pick uh, this week is not bike related per se, uh, uh-huh. but boy, does it go great with cycling. Uh, okay. My, yeah. My pick this week is an inflatable stand up paddleboard. Oh, I try- s- <sighs> no, no. I but I saw in, Dave's mention. I am in love. I am in love with this thing. Um, I had tried, I was at a, an outdoor launchy sort of thing maybe four or five years ago already was when I first stepped foot on a, st- on an inflatable paddleboard and I could not believe that it was inflatable. Like it, it's, it's unbelievable how you would never know, like unless mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you wouldn't know. And then we, Dave and I had uh, done some stand up paddleboarding in like Raystown and PA and out in Moab on vacation. And I've always really liked it. And, and unlike kayaking, um, it's not, you don't have this giant boat to try to store, you know, and like uh-huh. haul with you. Like we had kayaks years ago and just sold them because we don't live on water and to get two kayaks mm-hmm. on a vehicle and drive to a thing. And it's just a mission that never happened. Uh, so the vacation that we took, which was this little road trip, was in lieu of a larger vacation that we had planned that got canceled because of COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, we were going to go to the Redwood Forest and visit our friends in California and like go to the Grand Canyon and it all just went out the window. So I went ahead and splurged on a couple of inflatable paddle boards for us. Uh-huh. And uh, it, I went with the uh, iRocker Blackfin Model X. I did a ton of research. It was kind of fun. For two reasons. One, evidently paddleboards are the bicycles, like bicycles are sold out everywhere. Like it was super hard to find because like <laughs> I am not surprised. Yeah. Anything right. Anything with the outdoors is just like hotcakes. Um, and it's also funny doing research, reading reviews of an other kind of product that you're not familiar with when you've been writing bike reviews for so long. Uh-huh. Because you can tell the people who have never stepped foot on the board and are just writing Oh, from a press release or something? Yeah, or just sort of like massaging press material or whatever from the people who actually have experience with, you know, it's it's funny be looking at it through those eyes and reading other reviews. I'm like, oh, this is garbage, you know, just like just throw like <laughs> next. Um, yeah, exactly. Next. And then fine. But anyway, I went with um, this board. The boards are crazy. They're almost 11 feet long uh-huh. and they're, thir- they're 35 inches wide. 
Okay. So that's they real are, estate. It is some real estate. And they they have like all these D rings and bungees so you can put a cooler on them. You can <laughs> put a you can put you can put <laughs> I could almost do a cartwheel on the thing. It is like so mm-hmm. so big and stable. And we took them out. They pump up with a like a dual chamber pump that it's it's a little bit of a workout, but it doesn't take long. It's like less than 10 minutes to do it. But like you you set the, the chamber and like the first seven PSI, you know, you're inflating with the upstroke and the downstroke and then it gets becomes impossible. And then you set it a little different. So it's it gets progressively easier the further uh-huh. you get to, you know, I, you set them to like 15 PSI about um and then just went out on the water. They go, they, they roll up in these backpacks. You unroll them, you float them up. And, you know, we were out and I really, really, really liked it. Cause it's, uh, it's the same as cycling where you get an intimate, you're immersed in a, in an environment where you've seen things that you normally wouldn't be able to see from your other perspectives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the, the, uh, we saw Osprey like come down and just catch a fish, like right in in the Ooh. lake that we were on uh-huh. Lake Nakamixon, and there's all these cormorants, like the blackbirds that dive under the water and come up and like sun their wings. And it was just super, super serene. It was very, very cool. And it's a hot day, so it was like literally very cool. But the best part about it is we realized like we don't usually drive to ride, you know, even though there's all these cool mountain bike systems that are maybe within an hour of us we rarely go because we have so many that are right here and it's Uh not worth it to put the bikes in the car and drive and take this two hours of time for what you know for like a two-hour ride it's not worth it but it occurred to us that many of those are around lakes or have rivers so now we're talking a day so now you to put the bikes on the rack and put the boards inside and you ride in the morning and you have lunch and then you take the boards out on the water and that's your legs are done a spectacularly good time so i am really looking forward to uh super stoked for finding some adventures like that because it sounds like yeah a lot of fun and we have a couple friends who got them too that also mountain bike so uh yeah i'm really stoked about like experiencing these places that i've been to for 20 years living here in a whole different way Mm -hmm. okay so now i gotta ask you a question okay Uh, so anybody out there who's ever bought a tent, bought the tent, set it up, mm-hmm. took it down that first time, and then found it next to impossible, if not absolutely impossible the first time they tried, to get it back into whatever carrying type tote there was. Yep. So after you blew these up the first time, yep. and then you took the air out, yep. how easy was it to get it back into its little backpack thingy? Super easy. Super easy. If it Shockingly wasn't, easy. If I wasn't talking to you, I wouldn't believe you. I believe me because I had the same notion. I'm like, this is going to be too good to be true. So like that picture I think that you saw was Dave standing on it in the living room. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to blow them up in the house for that reason. Like, I'm like, let's uh-huh. set these up because I don't believe it's going to be this easy. I just don't buy it. Let's set them up in the living room see how they work, you know, roll them up. So we're not like cursing at each other and getting all mad, trying to get these <laughs> things back. And to, like me going, what have I done with buyer's remorse? And they are, and they'll only get easier every time because they'll break in a bit. But even the first time was they roll up very, very easily. Like it's un, and they fit in that pack very easily it's not like trying to stuff the thing in the stuff sack and you can't possibly make it work it's nothing like that it's a really intelligent design i I, wow i can't emphasize that enough i was blown away by how how easy it was um what does one of these go for that is an excellent question i was originally looking in like the five to six hundred dollar range you know like that which is about because I had no concept of that. It's kind of like people who come into bikes, right? And they're like, oh, a good bike should cost what? And then they find out and they're like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but so I, you know, I was in that range and everything was sold out in that range. So the next range up was about $800, which was more than I wanted to spend on a board, even though I knew I really loved it. Um, but the thing is that they 
I was a little concerned that because he likes kayaking better. I'm like, I hope he really likes this as much as I do. Um, but you can buy a seat adjustment for them, too. Like if you want to make it a sit on top kayak, you can do that. I didn't buy those, but you can. So I was like, OK, if he doesn't like the standing, he can just get a seat and he can just sit down. <laughs> and I know he'll like that. So I went with it and I am beyond thrilled because they you do get what you pay for. And I, you know, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. these definitely the, the reviews are super good and they 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 feel extremely durable and they feel you can tell like it's a well-constructed product it's a well-thought-out product it's very easy to use so even though that was a little more than i wanted to spend i'm like eh, we're not going on vacation we're not flying anywhere right i mean that that the, the money that we would have spent flying and traveling right i was right. just like i'm just gonna go for it and mm. I'm, I'm super psyched i did i'm very i'm very pleased wow yeah oh boy i'm in trouble it's so fun. Well, I mean, I've I've thought, oh, that's not something I need to get into. But growing up in the South, I spent a lot of time on the water. Uh, mm-hmm. I did a lot of canoeing. I did a lot of rowing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there are times when I look out on a lake and think, oh, that would be awfully nice, uh, yep. especially because there are no water moccasins um, <laughs> or alligators further south. Uh and so, I, yeah, all this time I've been thinking, oh, you know, gee, I sort of missed that. But I, you know, I don't I don't mind needing that big, long thing in a garage. Totally. Totally. And now you do this and it's like, oh, that mm. that sounds like a gateway drug. It kind of it. And the, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly see no downsides to them. They don't take like I, I now that we have taken them out and I see the potential Mm-hmm. Like, this is awesome, especially pairing it because it's not like I do need a little more high intensity activity to keep myself sane. Like, this would not be my only activity. Right. But uh-huh. yeah, I might be as, in touch with that as a dessert to mountain biking. It's there's not I, I can't imagine a nicer finish to the day. You know, like once you've done all that on the mountain bike, like right. it's once such you're spent. A, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, a, uh, it's just so pleasant to get out in the water and like see fish and birds and paddle around and yeah. I mean, once you're in a place, yeah, once you're in a place ready to be mellow to then do yes. that. Yeah, doing totally. it instead of mountain biking. Um, no, 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 that's no, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's it's not going to be my new sport, but it yeah. is a very wonderful complimentary sport without any question. Maraschino, maraschino cherry, without a doubt, and tons of whipped cream. <laughs> oh boy yeah I, <laughs> okay all right um so my pick this week you know i've over the course of the spring i did a couple of sportful items uh mm-hmm. that i was pretty impressed with well along the way there's a pair of bibs they make called and i mean if you didn't nail this you should be shot for having the the gumption to name a product this the total comfort bibs. They better be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you miss anything at all, you're going to get, you know, firing squad. Yep. But the thing is, they really are. Uh, they're incredibly comfortable. They use uh, a woven material rather than a knit. So it's a, a thinner, lighter, and yet mm-hmm. super durable material. So it's great on hot days. Super breathable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, weaves tend to have a, a, a really nice hand to them and a, a, a nice mm-hmm. appearance. They mm-hmm. don't ever look cheap. Uh, and the pad is super high end. It's high density and multi-thickness and is waffled some like, uh, like the Asos pads have been mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so that you get a little bit more air circulation and a little better wicking so that you don't end up with that adult depends sort of thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, and I mean, there are still pads out there that, you know, once they're wet, they stay wet. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, and I no, life is too short. Um, and so I actually wrote a review of them yesterday. And the, the one thing about them, I didn't know. I, I just I was in love with them, but I didn't know like what they cost. And so I go to the website like a little bit afraid that I'm going to see something like mm-hmm. north of three hundred dollars as good like as they, they are. Right. Yeah. $200. That's very reasonable. I haven't come across a $200 pair of bibs that is half this good. Hmm. And I mean, there are some great $200 bibs out there, but these things, 
they could charge 400 for them. And people who buy Asos would buy these. But do they have like the cuckoo putu no, no, or whatever no, the no, thing is? Yeah, yeah. There's no guard shack up front or anything. Uh, right. Uh, it's it's just a they're a really straightforward pair of bibs. Sportful makes are, awesome stuff. They make very yeah. very good stuff. I, I'm and that stuff lasts. Yeah. I think we mentioned this before. I had a jersey that I think I had for 18 years. I'm not I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> before it got threadbare, and I finally threw it out. But they make very good stuff. I've, I've got, yeah. Uh, yeah. If the, if I get six years out of these, you know, it'll be total totally. victory. Totally. They're, they're just unbelievable. And I mean, it's one of those things where there's, as a reviewer, there are those times when you notice that you're starting to tailor a certain behavior toward a certain product mm-hmm. subconsciously. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they're dry. I'm going to wear them today. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yep. I had that very thing yesterday morning when I went out for my ride and it's like, you know, it's time I wrote that review. I'm, I'm obviously ready. If I'm looking at my drying rack going, Ooh, I think they're dry now. Uh, That's a great, that is a sign of a great product. I have a yeah. couple of things like that too, where I'm just like, I'm going to make sure that's clean because I want to wear it again. You know, and yeah. when you, when you test stuff a lot, that's, that's a testament to something for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got a few products from Pearl Izumi that way as well. Uh, Their stuff is so solid too. Like that is a go-to for sure. Mm -hmm. And hands down Pearl Izumi women's bibs drop best. They're the best period. They figured out it only took 30 years for people to figure out how to let people pee in their (laughs) bibs, but they finally without zippers or trap, they finally did. And the things are amazing. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a fan and uh, I can I can recommend them wholeheartedly, uh, which, uh, you know, it's one of those things. So often the things that I fall in love with tend to be a little higher end. Yeah. Uh, and then I get pushback from the audience, totally. which is know. reasonable. I mean, yeah, totally reasonable. I get it. Oh, wouldn't we all love four hundred dollar bibs? I mean, you know, like, of course. Yeah, right. That's right. Very reasonable. Uh, but yeah, I mean, dollar for dollar, they stack up against the really nice hundred and twenty dollar bibs. It's like. If you're willing to spend an extra 80 bucks, I can easily justify that with mm-hmm. these. They're so good. Yeah. So. Sweet. Yeah. Um, all righty. Uh, well, you're back from vacation and. I am. Uh, bike races are getting canceled instead of postponed. They're getting canceled right and left now. Well, so they're to Kansas. Just. Yeah. Wente just got canceled. Oh, I saw that. The grasshoppers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so there's yeah, it doesn't look although like we have a couple here that are it, they're little pockets that are still going on. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not all yeah, it's, it's been interesting to watch like who's doing what because some of them are sort of revving up. There was a crit locally, they all raced in masks, dude. Um, okay, and it was hot. I, I, a couple of friends of mine went out and they made it work. Uh, and then some mountain bike races where they haven't because they're more spread out. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty, it's been pretty interesting. Mm, wow. Uh, well, it's, I'm not doing any of them this weekend. Like if you're asking if I'm pinning anything on, I'm not, I, I'm, I might I, go mountain biking and stand up pedalboarding, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Understandable. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm staying close to home, you know, doing my usual It's just so weird. I mean, it's, you know, here we are in July Mm -hmm. and I mean, normally I'm excited about the tour or at least I was some years ago, uh, you know, and I'm planning for the events that begin the the late season stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, there's nothing like that going for me. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. I mean, everyone's like, is cross coming? You know, like people don't know. (laughs) Is cross coming? Yeah. Hashtag is cross coming. I mean, people like, it's all so many unknowns. It's so many unknowns. So just, just taking what you can as, as you can. I'm still doing, um, in a couple of weeks, I'm, I'm here, uh, a couple of weeks, but then I'll be down in the Appalachians. Uh, the Hunter Allen Peaks Coaching Group camp, Gravel Camp is still a go, uh-huh. which which is I'm I'm pretty excited about it. At first, I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, and then I thought, and it's like everywhere is pretty. You know, we're doing pretty well, and it's all 
most of it's all outside and outside mm-hmm. is definitely the place to be. And it's, it's small yeah. group so you can spread out and anything inside, you know, we'll have the mask and like fans going and windows open and, you know, just, just a lot of ventilation. And I feel, I feel very comfortable with that. And it's just, it'll be nice to do something like that. It'll be nice to do oh, a camp. Yeah. And it's a great, it is a good time to work on skills and to like do some testing and stuff. Cause you know, there's nothing else going on. So I'm pretty stoked about that. And there's still, if anyone's listening and interesting that I think there's still two or three spots it's filled, but there's still room for like two or three people and still not have a, like a big group, like, you know, less than 20 for sure. So, uh, it's the end of July, July 22nd, I think to the 26th. Yeah. in the Appalachian mountains. So it should be really cool. Oh, and we're yeah, going to that... a skills park. So if you want to go over a teeter totter on your gravel bike, <laughs> have at it. All right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, that would be the setting to try something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, they have small ones where you wouldn't, like, kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's that's always a plus, you know. It is, it is. Not dying on vacation. Always a plus. <laughs> All righty, that's a wrap on another episode of The Pace Line. Hey, everybody, keep those questions coming. You all have been sending some great stuff. If you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. Don't forget our Paceline kits from Primal. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Paceline.